Okay, we are doing a series right now called I'm In, and uh, this morning we, we typically have sermon stuff on the screens, but this morning we're not going to have that. There's been some issues this week, and so if you like to have visual when you're going along with the sermon, I'd encourage you to grab a program because inside the program there's sermon notes, there's verses and all that stuff. There's places for you to write in and blanks and all that kind of stuff for those of you like me who are easily distracted. So grab, go ahead and grab one of those if, if you'd like. But we're doing a series right now called I'm In. And uh, in every church, there's, there's three groups of people in every church. In every church, you've got a, uh, what we call the core. The core is the group of people that they're just committed. They're, they're committed to the mission of the church. They're the ones that kind of make things happen. They're, they're invested with their time, with their resources, with their finances, they just get what the church is all about, and they're just going, okay, we are, we are all in with the mission, the vision of what this church is about, and we're just going to sacrifice, we're going to go above and beyond to just, to just make it happen. So you have the, the core, the, they're just contributors. Next, if you're to go layer out from that, in every church you've got what's called the congregation. Congregation, they consider themselves a part of the church, faithful attenders, they're they contribute to some extent, but there's still there's something that's kind of keeping them from going all in. Maybe they're they're still kind of checking out whether or not they want to be a part of this church. They're going, I'm not sure if this church is for us. Maybe there might be another one. Maybe there's something that's kind of holding them back. Maybe a fear. Maybe in the past they were burnt by a church, and so they're just a little reluctant to get their feet wet. But you've got this group called the congregation. If you're to go layer out from that, you've got a group called the we'll call the crowd. The crowd is a group of people that are um, on the fringes of church, even on the fringes of Christianity, um, exploring faith. They're not yet contributing, but they're just kind of looking in on the life of the church going, okay, what's this, what's this Jesus thing all about? What's this Christianity thing all about? And they're still just kind of hanging out around the fringes. And if that's you, I've got to tell you that we're super glad that you're here. Uh, we created in, in this church in this this. What, what we're all about is we're, we're about reaching out to people. And so we hope that you can come and just kind of feel free and comfortable just to kind of sit and check things out. But in this series, I just want to be really upfront with kind of where we're going in this series. As we keep moving along here, I'm going to unapologetically invite you and challenge you to take a step. If you're identifying with that crowd, with that congregation group, I'm going to be challenging you to take a step from there into the committed core and to say, okay, I am, I'm in. I'm in with following Jesus, and I am in with this beautiful, messy creation of God called the church. And so what we're doing with this series is we're really talking about what it looks like and what's involved with being a part of that, that core. What, what's it all about? So, Rich, I've never heard you, never heard those different groups of people. What, what does it mean to be a part of, of the core, to just really to be, to be in? And not just in, but, but all in. Well, that's what we're looking at through this series. Three weeks ago, we looked at one thing. Uh, it, it's, it means having a vibrant relationship with Jesus and consistently cultivating that, going, okay, I'm, just gonna, I'm not just into having a casual relationship with Jesus or a religious relationship with Jesus. I'm, I'm into having a vibrant relationship with with Jesus. I'm, I'm not just about being a Christian. I'm about following him and 
being a disciple of his and a lover of Jesus. So, so that was the first thing, having a vibrant relationship with Jesus. And then last week, we started to look at, at the, the second thing, and that's to be um, consistently a part of, sorry, my sermon notes are all out of whack here, uh, to be a part of this, this deal that we're doing right now called a corporate worship gathering, and to consistently be a part of that. And uh, sorry, time out, time out. These were in order somewhat. Okay, you're like, wow, that's a lot of notes, Rich. We're going to be here a long time, aren't we? <laughs> no, you won't. We'll have you out of here right around 12. Okay. But there's this deal that we have every week called a, a, a church service. A church service is not man's idea. It's not like, like a group of people got together and said, hey, let's, have, let's invent this thing called a church service. It's actually God's idea. And throughout history, you see how God is he's, he's constantly pulling people together out of whatever it is that they're doing in life, work, play, school, recreation, whatever. He's pulling them together for these, these corporate worship gatherings where, where we all come together. And you see this throughout history. Sometimes God would gather people around an altar or a temple or a tent way back in the day. Other times it's in a home. Other times it's in a temple. But God is constantly pulling his people together. And if God sees the value in his people meeting together, there must be some good reasons why we have a church service. And I got to tell you, um, several years ago, I actually had, on my journey as a follower of Jesus and even as a pastor, I went through this stage where I was going, okay, what is the, what's the point? Sure, this is good, but are, is this really the right thing to be doing in light of this, this mission that Jesus gives us to go and make disciples of all nations? Is this really the best thing for us to be doing, or is there another way to be doing this? And so I thought, I'm going to dig in, because I'm, I'm, I'm one of these guys. I'm not just about doing something because this is just how we always do it. I, I want to know, why are we doing this? And so I started on this journey of just kind of, digging into why we have church services. And at the end of this journey, I came to two conclusions, and I mentioned these last week. But conclusion number one was that the weekend service, this deal that you're in right now, the weekend service is not near as important as a lot of the church makes it out to be. And by that I mean there's, if you look at the church across North America, we invest almost all of our time, resources, and energy into the weekend service, right across the board. And, uh, and it's become this all-consuming thing in the life of, of the church. And I don't think that was ever God's intention. So it's not as important as some would make it out to be. But on the other hand, the uh, second conclusion is that the, the weekend service is a critical part of, of anybody's life who's serious about being a follower of Jesus. And so... We started last week to look at why that is. Why is it a critical part of my journey as a follower of Jesus? And, and I got four reasons for you. Last weekend, we looked at the first reason, which is survival. We need to be here to survive. And if you're going, okay, come on, Rich, that's a little bit too strong of a word to, to be using. Like, I got to be here to survive. Like, what, are you, what the heck are you talking about? And if you're going, okay, that's a little strong of a word, you probably don't understand this life that Jesus is calling you into, and you probably don't get what you're up against. Jesus has, has called us as followers of his to deny ourselves, to surrender everything in order to follow him. 
He's called us to turn from the world's way, to turn from our way, make a 180-degree turn towards his way. And to top it all off, we've got an enemy who opposes this new journey, who's cunning, who's malicious, who's crafty. And you will not survive as a follower of Jesus on your own. And God never intended that you would even try to, to live this life as a follower of Jesus on your own. You need other people. That's why Scripture says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And here's the key phrase, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, no matter what difficult circumstances you're going through in life, no matter how crazy or hectic your schedule might be, no matter how down in the dumps, how, how discouraged you might be, the Bible says, don't give up meeting together. In fact, meet even more. Why? Because we need the support, we need the encouragement, we need the strength that comes when we gather together. So the first reason why this is important for us to be here this morning is, is, is for survival. And I got three more for you. So if you're here this morning going, I don't really know why I'm here, but but here, here we go. Here, here's why we gather. Survival, the next reason is meaning. Meaning. I have never heard of a football team, maybe you have, but, but I've never heard of a football team that huddles just for the sake of huddling. You know, they're out there on the field, they're doing their thing, and then before the game even starts, they pull back, they get in the huddle, and they're like, hey, this is kind of nice. We, I like you, you like me. Let's just stay here rather than go back out there. You just don't hear that. Now, maybe it happens if you're dealing with like fifth, five and six-year-olds, but you don't just huddle to huddle. They don't just get in the huddle and go, okay, let's just hang out here because it's, it's safe. If we get outside the huddle out there, they're going to be trying to hit us. They're going to be trash-talking us. Let's just stay here in the huddle for the sake of the huddle. No football teams huddle just to huddle. They huddle so that they can scatter and kick some enemy butt, right? Like Ferndale did on Friday night. Did you hear about this game? Come on, 41 to nothing. Ferndale just kicked some Vancouver, BC butt on Friday night. It was awesome. But you huddle so that you can scatter. And it's the same deal with church. We huddle, we come together so that we can scatter. And all, all throughout history, though, there's been seasons where God's people have come together for all the wrong reasons. They've come together just because it's what they do. Or they come together because they just feel like it's, it's, a, it's a duty, it's an obligation. Oh, it's Sunday again. I guess we better get ready and go to church. Or they, they come together because it's it just all about them. It's like, oh, man, it feels so good to come together and sing songs. And, and pretty soon, church becomes like this, this, this bless me club. It's all about me. Well, there's been seasons throughout history where, where this is, people have gathered for all the wrong reasons, and God, whenever this has happened, at least in Scripture, God comes along, and He's got some really strong words for the, the, the church that comes together just for themselves, just for the huddle. In one place in the book of Amos, God comes along, they, they're meeting for all the wrong reasons, it's just about themselves, and, and listen to what, what God says, it's a pretty strong rebuke. He says this, away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. And the guitar player is going, what? I just worked all week on that guitar riff. What are you, what are you saying, God? The preacher's going, what are you doing? Call, you're calling my preaching noise? 
And God's going, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. And then he goes on to say this. He says, instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. In other words, I want your meetings to be about something more than simply meeting. You're not just meeting to get together and do your thing. It's got to have some greater meaning. You see, if, if, if our church here in Ferndale is known simply as a 9.30 or 11 o'clock meeting that happens on Sunday mornings, we've missed it. If our church is simply known as a, 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 a building that's taking up some real estate at 5627 3rd Avenue, we've missed it. And, and God's rebuke would be for us too. There, it's about something more. There's another place in Scripture where God actually gives an even stronger rebuke to his people's meetings, and he concludes it by saying this. He says, learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. In other words, let your meetings be about something greater, a greater mission. It's about taking up the cause of the oppressed. It's about seeking justice in your community, communities, in your counties, in your nation. And, and we, we can't just meet to meet. There has to be a greater meaning. A guy named Hugh Halter, uh, he wrote this book called um, Gathered to Scatter. And he, he had this, this line in there that's important for us to hear this morning. He says this, God wants us to meet together. But what he wants is for our meeting together to count for something bigger. To count for something bigger. And so what does this have to do with you deciding this morning to get up and just... And, and come down here. Well, I don't know about you, but I find that it's really easy for me in the, the chaos of life, driving kids all over the county, getting ready for school startup, um, going to work, and, 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 and doing dishes, and yard work, and working on the vehicle, and, and just all this, this chaos that we have going on in, lo- in, our, in our lives, just to kind of lose sight of the bigger picture. And, and life just becomes about, about my little world that I'm in. But you and I were created for more than just to be caught up in the rat race of life. We were put on this planet to make a difference. You were put here to live a life of significance. And, and Jesus, he's invited us to this bigger mission to be about going and making disciples of all nations. And what happens when we come together is, is it, it brings us back. Okay, I'm about more than just all, all the, the rat race of life. I'm here for a bigger purpose. And when we come together, it reminds us of that, it refocuses us, and it brings us back to what matters most. So we meet for survival. We meet for, for meaning. And third reason is this, we meet for belonging. Belonging. Listen to what Scripture says. It says, so now you Gentiles, and that, that's, that's a word that just means it's all of us, now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's, get this, God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostle and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And when we gather together, it gives us a shared sense of identity. It gives us a sense of, okay, I'm, I'm a part of this, this family, and that gives us, it gives us strength. 
And you got to know something. When you're not here, you're missed. And I don't say that so that you're going to you feel guilty. That's not what this is about at all. But you got to know that, that you're missed. You, you belong here. And you're not, just, you're not just a number. You're not just someone taking up another seat. All in all, you're not just another brick in the wall. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you belong here. You're, you're, you're part of this family. And when you're, you're not here, you're, you're missed. And, and I, I, I want you to know that. Um, we want you to know that. And uh, maybe you're thinking, okay, Rich, hold on a second. You don't know, you don't know me. Before you, you start to say you belong here, you, you might want to know a little bit about my life. I'm pretty messed up. I've done some things this week that probably just completely disqualify me from being a part of this family deal that you're talking about. But if that's you, you got to hear something this morning. This is just one big, happy, dysfunctional family, okay? That's all of us. We're all jacked right up, okay? You're going to fit right in around here, okay? You're going to fit right in. And, and uh, you're never going to know everybody here. That's not the goal when I say family. If, if, if the goal becomes knowing everybody, then we've missed it. You know, sometimes people come to me and they're all concerned about three services and, 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 and just, they're like, how are we going to know everybody? Well, listen, that's not the goal. If we're about mission, we're about reaching more people, you're never going to know everybody, but, but I hope and pray that when you come here on a Sunday, that you just get a sense of family. It's like you're, com- you're coming back to the, the family dinner, if that's a good, maybe that's a bad picture for somebody, but <laughs> you're like, ah, I don't want that, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's like you come together, and there's a sense of, okay, I, I belong here. It feels, it feels, I feel welcome. I feel right at home. There's one more reason why we gather together for weekend services. And I'm actually kind of embarrassed to say that I almost missed it. I had this whole thing, the, the outline all laid out. I was going to end it off at those first three, survival, meaning, belonging. But then this, this uh, couple weeks back, Becky and I were actually up in Vancouver, B.C., and we were part of a, uh, it, was this, it, was, it was called a worship night. And there were 2,000 people gathered in this place called the Orpheum in downtown Vancouver. There's people from all over B.C., we ran to some people from, from Washington there, and we all had come there for one purpose, and that was just to sing songs of worship. And uh, it was an amazing, incredible night. And right in the middle of it, I heard that gentle voice of, of God speaking to my heart. And it went something kind of like this. It was like, uh, Rich, God says a uh, Rich to me sometimes. Uh, uh, rich, <laughs> you know that sermon that you've been working on? You forgot to mention one thing. You forgot to mention one reason why you gathered together, and, and that's worship. It's worship, and, and forgetting worship when it comes to, to our weekend service as a reason why we come together would be forgetting to say that the, the reason you showed up at the clink to watch the football game was because it was the Seahawks who were playing. It's like having somebody... Um, come up to you and, and ask you how the concert went with your favorite band, and when asked, you forget to mention the obvious. Duh, it's because Loverboy was playing. You know what I'm saying? Come on, I know some of you were at Loverboy two weeks ago. But, but it's the biggest reason that we meet together, it's Jesus. It's to worship Him. We come together around His name. We come together to lift up the, the name of Jesus. And what this does is it, it takes our distracted lives so often in life, we just get so distracted. When you come together on a Sunday, you know what I'm talking about. It brings us back to who this is all about. 
It brings us back to Jesus. We gather to declare to the heavens and to the earth that Jesus is the king of our hearts, that we're no longer slaves to fear, that God is good. He's good all the time, and he's never going to let us down. And I would argue, I would argue that the most important part of us coming together on a Sunday is when we sing songs of worship to Jesus. I really believe that. It's not when I get up here and yak on and on. It's when we begin to sing songs to Jesus and lift high the name of Jesus. And, and do you want to know what the most important instrument is when we're singing our songs this morning and every week? You might think it's, it's the guitar. You might think it's the keyboard or the drums. You might think it's the bass. But you know what the most important instrument is? The most important instrument is your voice. It's your voice. And you're going, whoa, wait a second, Rich. You have not heard me sing recently, obviously. I'm serious. It's your voice. It's the most important part. If it's, if it's about coming together and you just, you just standing there and watching us up here and, 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 and the team up here doing their thing, you know what? We don't have a worship service if you're doing that. What we have is a, is a show. And, and if you want a good show, skip this, Okay? Go watch Vince Neal down at the Silver Reef, and, and, and you're going to get bigger lights. You're going to get bigger sound. You're going to get lots of smoke. and all. You're going to get a really good show. But if you want a worship service, engage. Sing out. When you begin to sing and when, and when, when, when the band begins to, to lead us and, and play and you, you enter in, all of a sudden you've got a worship service. You've got a worship service. And, and, I, and I know that all, all the arguments, I've heard all the arguments. You start talking about singing and, and the importance of singing. Everybody's got an argument. Someone's going to say, Rich, I'm not a singer. That's, that's someone else's deal. I, I, I just don't sing. And, and someone else is going to go, Rich, I, I don't connect with God through singing. I connect with God by watching the butterflies and taking long walks on the beach. And someone else is going to go, okay, Rich, I, I don't need to worship God by singing because I live a lifestyle of worship. And, and that sounds really good and super spiritual. Too bad, though, it's not scriptural. The Bible says this in Psalm 100. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful, what? Songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is one of many, many verses in the Bible that, 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 that say sing, sing, sing. Bring joyful songs before him. Ephesians 5, 18, talking to the early church, it says sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another as you, as you praise God. It's about not just worshiping God as you sing, but you're encouraging the people beside you as you declare that God is never going to let you down. Sing songs to the Bible or to God. It's everywhere in, this, in Scripture. And you see, it's not about the music. Okay, maybe you're going, okay, you're saying, Rich, it's all about the music. No, it's not about the music. But here's the deal with music. Music is a tool 
that's created by God to encourage. It's, it's a tool created by God to stir our hearts to, to, to deeper depths of gratitude. It's a tool used by God to awaken our soul to who He is and how, how much He loves us and how great and awesome He is. And not only that, but it's a tool that brings us together as one like not a lot else can, can do. I've shared this story before, but it's worth sharing again. One of the most impactful worship experiences that I've, I've ever had in my life actually came in a moment that I just was not expecting it at all. Uh, about six years ago, I was at uh, a U2 concert, and I was in a huge stadium, lots of people. I did not expect to go there and have a worship experience, but about halfway through this concert, all of a sudden, it, I mean, it's like full on, you talk about show, this is like an incredible show, it's got everything, and right in the middle of the concert, all of a sudden, everything, the show just kind of goes away, and all that's left, the lights just dim down, and it's just Bono on stage, he's got his green guitar there, and you'll never guess what song he was singing, Amazing Grace, and you can go online, YouTube it, YouTube Rose Bowl, I mean, it's just, it's, it's an incredible moment, but he, all of a sudden, he did, everything comes down, and Bono starts singing Amazing Grace. And you would never guess who joined in with him. All 60,000 people in the stadium, I'm guessing they're not all believers, but everybody, I guess, knows Amazing Grace, and they're all belting out Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found, was blind. And, and I mean, look, I'm looking around, and hands are raised at the U2 concert. It was, it was crazy. And, then, and then, then the edge kicks into where the streets have no name. <laughs> what a moment. What a moment. But, but I'm telling you, music does something. I, I don't know of anything else where it just brings, you, you can all do it as one together at the same time. And, and you can't all look at butterflies together at the same time as one. You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't work. But, but when we all connect with God heart to heart, singing the same song, it brings us together as one like, like nothing can. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, young, old, white, black, whatever. It brings you together like nothing else can. Worship is a big, big, big part of why we come together. As we close this morning, I want to give you three things, three things, three, th three things that will make this a great weekend experience for you and for me. And I say experience because I hope that that's what this is. I, I hope and I pray every week that you would come in here and that your heart would be stirred, that you would be moved, that something would happen inside of you. I hope this isn't a static experience for you where you just walk in and you leave and it's just like you, you just finished doing something that's totally unmoving. I hope that this is an experience for you. And if you want this to be a great weekend experience for you, and maybe you come every week be, because it's just what you do, but you, but you just leave unmoved. Maybe you're here because someone dragged you here, a, a, a spouse or a parent, but you just come and... Here's how this can be a great weekend experience for you. There's three parts to it. And it's not, it's not a preacher, a band, and a kid's ministry. Those aren't the three parts. 
Here, here's the three parts to having a great weekend experience. The first part is God's part. It's God's part. And here's the beauty of God's part. Whenever we meet, God is here. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And if you can't think of any other reason to be here on a Sunday, I think that in itself is a pretty good reason to be here. God is here, and he's ready, and he's willing, and he wants to work in, in, in your life and in my life. And the, the second part, so there's God's part. The second part is, is our part. And by our part, I don't mean our part. I mean our part as in staff and, and, and leadership of this church. We've got a part to play here. Um, our weekend service team, uh, Clark and his gang, they, they, they every, every week, they're, they're going to do their part. They're going to practice their songs because it's, it's pretty hard to, to have a great worship experience if someone's playing in a totally different key than everybody else, right? So, so they're going to do their part. They're going to practice. They're going to nail down those riffs. Our children's ministry team, they're going to they're gonna study the lessons. They're going to they're gonna pray for their kids. Our, our, our coffee team, they're going to get here early in the morning so that when you arrive, that you're just, there's a warm cup of coffee ready to go. We are going to do our part. I, as a preacher, my goal is to get better all the time as a preacher, to become a better communicator. I meet with a group of guys every Monday morning with the sole purpose of, of getting better as, as communicators. We're going to do our part. We're going to do, do our part. Our, our goal as staff and leadership is not just to have church service every week. No, no, no. Our goal is, 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 is this. We're going to do our best to create worship, to create weekend services that make following Jesus, um, engaging in the life of the church, and worshiping Jesus irresistible. I hope that you come here and you go, Man, there, there, there is life in that church. They're going somewhere. They're, they're about something. They believe in this God that they, they're singing about. And you, you just find that irresistible. You, you're pulled into that. That's what I hope and pray happens every weekend. So there's God's part. There's our part, the staff and leadership. But there's still another part that's missing if you're going to have a great weekend experience. And if you're tracking with me this morning, you probably already know what that part is. That is your part. It's your part. And you have a choice every Sunday. Every Sunday you have a choice to fully engage or to disengage when you come here. I find that, that when you show up fully engaged, when you show up and you, you bring your, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, I find that when, that when you do that, something happens. Something happens in here. Something happens among us. And I've been around church a long, long time. And something that never ceases to amaze me is how you can have two different people show up at the exact same service and leave having two totally different experiences. One person will leave and, and they're going, man, that was, what was that all about? Like the worship team was flat. Rich got up there and he just like swung and missed. It was a huge strikeout. And, and then, I mean, what's up with them getting rid of the hazelnut creamers? I mean, come on. What a, what a huge waste of time that one hour was. Man, that's the one hour I'll never get back in my life. You got that person, and then you could have the other person who was in the exact same worship service. They leave going, man, God was there. God 
moved in my life. Man, I connected with Jesus through, through the, the worship and through the, the, the message. Yeah, Rich was, man, he kind of swung and missed, but man, God spoke to me anyways. And, and, and they just go, leave going, it was such a blessing to be a part of that. Often the difference between those two people is that one has come fully engaged and the other has come disengaged. And I got three questions that will reveal whether you're fully engaged or disengaged. And first question is this, am I, am I coming? Am I, am I coming and stepping through those doors to consume or contribute? Consumers are only concerned with what they can get out of it. And, and, and let me tell you something. Like you've already heard, this is about what you can get out of this. Because I need and you need the support, the encouragement, the strength that, that comes as a result of being together. We all need that. But here's the difference. Con- consumers come only for what they can get out of it, whereas contributors, are, they're also concerned with what others get out of it. Contributors, they step in those doors thinking, I really want to bless and honor Jesus today, and so I'm going to sing those songs out, even though I croak like an old crow. I'm going to sing those songs out with all my heart. I'm going to say hi to someone that I don't know. I'm going to smile at someone who maybe hasn't been smiled at all week long. I'm going to come as, as, as a contributor. Contributors also understand that it takes an entire church to put on a great weekend service. They look for ways to help out. They help out with the greeting, the security, the video, the, the kids' ministry, whatever it might be. They look for ways to, to contribute. Am I coming to consume or contribute? Another question to ask yourself is, am I expecting, am I expecting God to work in my life? So when you pulled into that parking lot this morning, or when you were thinking about getting ready to come this morning, maybe during this week, maybe this morning as, as you're at some moment, maybe, maybe as you dropped the kids off and you started to, to come in through the doors, how did, you, how, did you, how did you come into this auditorium this morning? Yeah, I, I, I get that, that we're frazzled and that just getting here on Sunday morning, for, for a lot of us, you got kids and it's just chaos and just getting here, you're like, oh, I'm here. But at some point, do you go to a place where you're going, okay, I'm here, and now I'm expecting God to work in my life? I'd encourage you to try that out sometime. I believe that there should be an element of faith in your life present whenever we meet together, where you're going, okay, I'm not just here to be here, but I'm here expecting God to work in my life, where you come hungry for God to work in your life, thirsty for God to work in your life. Am I expecting God to work in my life? And then the third question is this. Am I ready to exchange a spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise? And, and th- that's not my, my phrase. That's actually words from Scripture. The Bible talks about putting on a garment of praise for a spirit of despair or heaviness. And I, I just think that's such a great picture because there's going to be Sundays where you, you come in here and you're going to come in just all frantic and busy and it's crazy it's chaos other times you're going to come in here and you're going to be just discouraged you're going to be in a place in your your walk where you're you're just you're, there's despair other times you're going to come in and maybe somebody here you came in this morning and you're going i am ticked off at god i don't get why this has gone on in my life i don't get where god is it seems like he's just not even listening to my prayers he's gone 
It's in those moments that it's more important than ever to go, okay, I'm going to put on a garment of praise anyways. I'm going to sing, you're never going to let me down. I'm going to sing, Jesus, you are good. You're good. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child to God. I'm going to put on that garment of praise. In doing that, that's engaging. That's going, I'm not just going to stand here and be a, a spectator. I'm going I'm to engage. I'm going to engage. One of the, the questions that we have that's part of our, our core commitments, and you're going to hear more about this, this phrase, core commitments, over the next several weeks. But when it comes to being a part of that, that core, if you're going, I want to be a part of that core, here's, here's a question to be asking yourself. And, and whether you want to be a part of that or whether you're just a follower of Jesus, a great question to be asking yourself is, am I consistently attending corporate worship gatherings? And I want you to hear that again. I'm consistently, am I consistently attending corporate worship, worship gatherings? Notice that it does not say, am I perfectly attending corporate worship gatherings? Because that is not what this is about at all. And if you're here this morning, listen, all of us have missed church probably a lot over the last couple of weeks. Summer, vacation, all that kind of stuff going on. It, it, you need to be missing church from time to time. That's not, that's not what this is about. But, but it is about, am I consistently, am I consistently making an effort to be a part of this corporate worship gathering? Because I know that I can't survive without it. I know that I just get lost in the, the humdrum of life. I need to come back to the greater meaning of what, 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 what Jesus is calling me to. I need to, be, to just know I'm a part of a family. I need to be in this place where the name of Jesus is being lifted high. Are, are you consistently cultivating or, or attending corporate worship gatherings? I really believe that there's a, a lot more at stake in this one hour on Sunday mornings than a lot of times we let on. There are marriages that are on the brink of divorce, and, and, th- and, and you got a couple that's coming in here, and they're just they're ready to go like this. And I really believe that God could speak to them in a way during this one hour that, that, that he begins to, to move and work in their lives. You got people that are coming in here every Sunday that are bringing with them hidden guilt, hidden stuff, secret stuff, issues that are just destroying them on the inside. And I believe that, that God can work and speak in such a way that he begins to heal. You've got that, that, that grandson or granddaughter that shows up here who grandma's been praying for for the last 10, 15 years, and this is their first step towards Jesus. This could be that moment for them right now. And, and there's, there's a lot more at stake in this, this one hour than, than, than we often know that there, that, that, that there is. It's huge. It's big for you. It's, it's big for those around you. It's big for those who, who aren't even here yet. We need a touch from God. And I want to actually wrap up our, our time together by praying for a few groups of people. One group that I want to pray for is a group that is actually meeting together right now, but in a separate place. We've got about 25 of, of our students from this church who are out at Camp Furwood. They're there for Go Camp, and they're all gathering together uh, right now. And I want to pray that, that God will work and move in their, their hearts and lives. And then this week, at least in Ferndale, is the start of the school year. And uh, I know we got teachers, even just looking around this room this morning, we've got teachers, 
subs, uh, school administrative staff here, and I want to pray for you as well this morning. So would you join me this morning in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I just want to first of all thank you, Jesus, that, that you gather us together. Lord, us being here right now in this moment, I believe with all my heart that it is not an accident. Lord, you have got each person here for a reason. Jesus, you want to speak to them, move, encourage them right where they're at. And Lord, I, I pray that you would work and move through our times together. May they be about more than just that huddle. Jesus, may you work through these times to, first of all, lift high your name here in this town, in this county. Lord, may this be like a time where we just declare that Jesus is worship. Jesus reigns here, here in, in our lives. And Father, I also pray, Jesus, for, for our students that are meeting, Father, out at Camp Furwood. Lord, I ask, Jesus, that that Jesus, as they, they're, they're gathered together, that, Father, you would, you would speak to hearts. Lord, may students hear your voice calling them to a deeper level of commitment to you. Lord, may, may students who are just in a place of brokenness hear your, your healing voice, just wrapping them in your arms of love and grace. Father, I pray that, that students would just be awakened to the reality of who you are, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And may they commit to following you, to, to, to going where it is that you're leading them. And Lord, this week, I just want to pray for our students and God for God, all the teachers and administrative staff where that's a part of this church and, and that's going to be going back in, into this important, important role, Father, that, that you have for them. Lord, I pray, Lord, first for the students that Jesus, they would shine like a blazing light in their school. Lord, where there's darkness, Jesus, where there's just so much depression and hopelessness, where there's so many students trying to find life in all the wrong areas, all the wrong stuff. Lord, I pray that the students of this church, Lord, the Christian students in this town, Lord, may they just shine like a light. God, whether it's here, whether it's Bellingham, Linden, wherever they might be, Father, may they be a blazing light for you. And God, I ask that you give them strength, strength to persevere, strength to stand up for righteousness, strength, Jesus, to be a, a, just a, a mouthpiece of yours, God, in their school. And Father, I pray the same thing for teachers. God, the same thing for staff, that Jesus, you would work through them this year. God, even this week, God, as they step into those, those doors, Father, I pray that you would put within them a new passion, Jesus, for those students that they're going to be serving. God, may they just see their roles just being this important, important role that it is. Be their help, be their strength, I pray. In your great name, Jesus, amen.